Welcome back to Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor. I'm your host, Grant, as always, and today we're talking about things like the Loch Ness Monster, Sasquatch, all your favorite mythological creatures slash superstitions, paranormal stuff, whatever you want to call it. Um, That is the focus of today's podcast, so uh, we're going to jump right into it. And before I say anything else, make sure you go check me out on Twitter at POTD Anchor, and that way you can get in contact with me about today's show, um, and as well as keep up on every single show we post. So make sure you go check that out and let me know what you think. Today's podcast of the day is called Hidden Creatures. It is a podcast devoted to the the idea of cryptozoology, which is the name for things like the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, um, Chupacabra, all of that good stuff um, is all under that, that label of crypto, cryptozoology. Kind of a mouthful, but um, it is widely covered, and um, this is one of the great podcasts that I found talking about it, and I thought it was really cool because um, as a as a kid, I grew up like really, really fantasizing about like the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and paranormal stuff especially, and I was really into ghosts and the Ghost Hunter TV shows back in the day, so... This isn't necessarily that, but it is talking about um, these cryptids, uh, monsters that are just, you know, being sighted but never really confirmed to be real. And um, that's what the entire show is about. It's hosted by Ed. um, And from there, uh, yeah, he he talks about different uh, animals throughout every show. Um, So, yeah, Edward Way is the host, producer, and presenter. Also on the team um, is Saskia Wellen and Jennifer Venel. I hope I didn't mess up the names too much there, but they're both script editors for the show, and they also do a fantastic job. And, yeah, so I'm going to be playing some clips for you today just from different episodes, and I hope you dig them. In 565 CE... St. Columba came upon the banks of Loch Ness whilst travelling and preaching Christianity across the north of Great Britain. On arriving, he saw some of the locals burying the shredded corpse of a man who had been bitten and killed by a sea monster whilst swimming in the loch. Despite the dangers hidden in the depths of the dark water, Columba ordered one of his followers to swim across the loch and bring back a boat moored on the other side. The man, following the orders without hesitation, stripped down and began to swim across. The creature, now hungry and enraged after having its last kill stolen from him, surfaced and lunged for the swimmer. Everyone on the bank stood, mouths open in horror, except Columba. He stepped forward, raised his hand and made the sign of a cross, and commanded the creature You will go no further and will not touch this man. Go back at once. As his voice echoed across the lock, the animal fled, more quickly than if it had been pulled back by ropes. This, the first documented sighting of the Loch Ness Monster, could be regarded as one of the most reliable, with a large crowd all seeing the creature at once and seeing the damage done to the villager's body. Welcome to the Hidden Creatures Podcast. Join me, Edward Way, as I watch the weird, search the strange, capture creatures, and this week, look deep into Loch Ness. 
As it's the first of these podcasts, I want to make sure that everyone understands some of the terms that will be used and has a brief understanding of what cryptozoology is. The word quite literally means the science of hidden animals and is the word used to describe the search for creatures whose existence hasn't been proven due to lack of scientific evidence. These animals, or cryptids, a term coined by Johnny Wall in 1983, fall into ten different and distinct categories. The first of these is animals not known to science, nor related to any other known species. This is the section that people jump to when they first think of cryptids. For example, animals like Bigfoot, the huge sea serpents reported for hundreds of years that seem to have no connection to any other species, and the infamous chupacabra all fit into this category. But as we'll soon find out, this is just a small section of cryptozoology. There is Edward's much better way of describing what cryptozoology is, and he definitely goes into detail there, um, talking about it there. So, um, again, does it a lot better than I did. Um, and so here is more from that same episode, which would be episode one, um, talking about the Loch Ness Monster. The most common sightings often describe water disturbances, seeing the humped back of the creature undulating through the water, or the long neck poking out from the surface. But it might surprise you to hear that the animal has also been seen on land. There had been a slow but steady stream of recorded sightings from St. Columba's encounter all the way until the 20th century, when, whilst in their car, George Spicer and his wife saw a most extraordinary form of animal cross the road. They described the animal as having a large body, about one or two metres high, and eight metres long, with no visible legs, with a long neck, similar, but thicker to an elephant's trunk, which stretched the entire width of the four metre wide road. When sightings of the animal are in the middle of the lock, almost a mile away and half submerged, it's easy to discredit the sightings as obstructions in the water, or wind on the surface causing waves to form in patterns. But when an animal 12 metres long crosses the road, causing you to stop, and gives you enough time to watch it head towards the lock, leaving broken undergrowth in its wake, the sighting seems to hold a little more validity. The amount of sightings skyrocketed in 1933, when a road was built alongside the lock. The construction brought workers into the area, and this new road led to a higher number of travellers and tourists. With a higher number of people in the area, it was only a matter of time until there were more sightings, but no one could have expected how many times it would be seen in the coming years. Now moving on from the Lactus Monster, let's focus in on werewolves, our favourite man-beast thing. Um, it is a definitely fabled uh, idea, the werewolf, and um, Ed explains it better than I did, and um, he goes in on the kind of the origin stories of it um, and a bunch more. So here is werewolves. In the 16th century, the German town of Bedburg was plagued with political uncertainty and religious turmoil, and it was soon to find itself as the backdrop of years of brutality, death, and suspicion. For years, the people of Bedburg would awake to find cattle and livestock slain and torn to shreds by a savage animal. 
Whilst this took a toll financially on the people of the village, it was when women and children began to vanish in the night or be found partially eaten that they began to worry they were being tortured by a hellish demon or a large unknown animal. Wolves were the first to be blamed, but the savage nature of the attacks, with some people being bludgeoned to death before being devoured, made some people wonder if something larger and a lot more deadly prowled the town's streets. A werewolf. This fearsome creature could shapeshift and walk alongside the townsfolk, completely hidden from view, and in a culture fueled by religious confusion, it made people wary and distrustful. After finding yet another person brutally massacred, the terrified villagers formed an armed search party and began to track whatever had killed them. The tracks were obvious, they resembled that of a canine or wolf. Following the footprints, the villagers said to have found a wolf transforming back into a man. As he returned to human form, they were shocked to discover that they knew the man. It was Peter Stoob, a wealthy farmer in the area. He was a well-respected widower and the father of two adolescent children, and was now the main suspect in a werewolf trial. Stoob was taken by the local magistrates to be questioned under torture, and was placed on a device that slowly stretches the body until you're in excruciating pain, called the rack. However, even before they started to torture him, he calmly and voluntarily confessed to his crimes. He admitted to killing livestock, murdering women and children, devouring their flesh, and being a werewolf. He apparently confessed that at the age of 12, he was practicing black magic and had successfully summoned the devil who had given him the gift of a magical belt that would allow him to assume the likeness of a greedy devouring wolf, strong and mighty, with eyes great and large which in the night sparkled like brands of fire, a mouth great and wide with the most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. Stube was questioned about the location of the belt, and he replied that he had dropped it, hence his transformation back into human form. A search of the area was quickly ordered, but no belt was ever discovered. This was thought to be a sign that the devil had taken the artifact back before anyone else had a chance of using it. Stube claimed that when he put on the belt, he was granted a huge amount of power but alongside the power came the unfathomable urge to consume blood and flesh. For years he had managed to suppress this urge by killing sheep and drinking their warm blood, but later moved to killing and consuming his human victims. Hidden Creatures can be found at hiddencreaturespodcast.com. They're also on Twitter at hidden underscore pod, and then on Facebook as well at hidden pod. So you can find all of them there, um, but again, head to their website, Hidden Creatures Podcast, to listen to all their episodes, and you can also find all their episodes on any podcast listening platform that you use. That'll do it for today's edition of Podcast of the Day. I hope you enjoyed Hidden Creatures. Um, please go check them out if you if you want. Um, I really did enjoy listening to their show. And Ed, if you're listening out there, I appreciate it. Let me highlight the show. It was really fun to do. Um, so yeah, uh, on tomorrow's edition of Podcast of the Day, we're going to be highlighting a totally different podcast. So make sure you tune in then, and I'll catch you right here tomorrow.